It's Monday, Chav Shvat, Tav Shin, Ayin Hey, coming to you live from the Tundras, the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
soul farm. Shalom Lacharetz Nehederet is um, a cover of, a, of an American song written by a Jewish American by the name of Steve Goodman. The original is called City of New Orleans. Those of you who love Israeli music know that it was uh, recorded in Hebrew originally years and years ago by Yehoram Gaon, Shalom Lecheretz Nehederet, and what you heard now is a beautiful remake by Soul Farm, which was uh, introduced at the Nachum Siegel Network halftime, kosher halftime special. Uh, it's been amazingly popular, and you can uh, take a look at it as well. Uh, just search YouTube for uh, Nachum Siegel Network kosher halftime 2015. I think it's also uh, on the NachumSiegel.com on the com website. Hi, everybody. Welcome into the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. We are here each and every Monday live at 9 a.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Israel time, immediately following JM in the AM. We have a jam-packed show, so we're going to get to one more song, and then we're going to share, well, I don't know what order we're going to do it in, but uh, we're going to speak about um, this whole controversy of Benjamin Netanyahu coming to the United States to speak before Congress against the uh, advice, or if you will, <coughs> soft word, uh, euphemism of uh, President Obama. We'll talk about this uh, person who I've never met, the 24-year-old lieutenant in the Israeli army by the name of Eitan Fund, but I have spoken about him. So often, I feel like I know him. He received a medal, a distinguished service medal, Itur Hagvura at Salash, for his um, bravery during Tzuk Eitan. We've spoken about it many times. And we will share with you the speech that he gave uh, that moved everyone at the official ceremony. We will translate it for you. We'll give you some clips of that. We'll also tell you about the controversy of uh, President Obama's speech about um, religion and uh, radicalism at the National Prayer Breakfast. And uh, we have a Mayor Milim segment as well coming up. So lots of stuff. Stay here. Stay with us. Live or on demand, as you wish, we are here. This is uh, an old song, but I actually heard it for the very first time last week. It was appropriate for Tubishvat. We'll add it to our Tubishvat list in the future. Arik Sinai, this one is called Yeled Yarok, Green Child. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs>
Stunning? I can't believe I never heard that song before. We're going to post a link to the YouTube of that song. It's available on YouTube. Arik Sinai. Yelled Yerok. Wow, it blowed my mind. Blows my mind. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are, you are very much so tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you so much for tuning in and making us a part of your day, wherever you are, whatever day it is. You can reach us uh, on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Israel Show. Or you can email me, Mayor, M-E-I-R, Mayor, M-E-I-R, at NachumSiegel.com, N-A-C-H-U-M-S-E-G-A-L dot com. Um, we have told you this story many, many times, and um, we'll summarize it here. But if you are not familiar with it, go back to some of the um, Facebook posts and some of the older shows, the archived shows on NachumSiegel.com to hear more details about one of the most amazing young men that I have um, had the privilege not to personally know, but to, but to hear about. His name is Eitan Fund, Lieutenant Eitan Fund. He's 24 years old. And um, by now, most of you know the story that he rushed into one of the Hamas tunnels during this summer's war, the Gaza War, Tzup Eitan, ironically, um, running into a Hamas tunnel to try and stop the kidnapping of his friend and comrade, Hadar Golden. When they were ambushed, Hadar was killed and Eitan's commander was killed two people he was very close to. And he ran into that tunnel at risk of his life, at risk of himself being kidnapped. He spent many, many, many minutes, I believe it was about half hour in the tunnel, until he finally came out. And uh, this past week, he received Israel's third highest medal of commendation of bravery, 
called Itur Hagvura. It's a medal that is awarded for an act of exemplary bravery. Is that the right word? Exemplary bravery? In the line of duty. And um, that was the highest award. There, w- there were 67 medals and awards handed out to soldiers for outstanding service and acts of courage during Tsukeitan. Eitan Fund was the only one to get the Iturak Vura, which was the highest award. Just to give you an idea of some of the other people that have received this award in the past, I think you might recognize some of the names. Yoni Netanyahu received this medal for bravery in the Yom Kippur War. Dan Shomron, Zvulun Orlev, Efie Tam, Ehud Barak, and a name that my family knows very, very well, my Ima who's listening in. Surely he's familiar with it, as one day we'll tell her story. Esther Araditi was the only female recipient of the Itur Hagvura, this Medal of Bravery. Just to give you an idea, very early in the history of the State of Israel, this Esther Araditi, a young volunteer, literally saved the life of my uncle, Zichronam Levracha. Um, Yaakov Salmoni was a... Um, Colonel in the Air Force. We'll tell that story some other time. Right now, let's go back to Eitan. Eitan Fund spoke on behalf of all the medal recipients at this uh, award ceremony. And I'm going to share with you some clips. The speech wasn't that long. This is most of the speech. I will um, post on our Facebook page the both the um, link to see the speech so that you can see this young man with his kippah, standing in front of everybody, the, the the top brass of Israel's military and people in the audience, giving this short, heartfelt speech, where at one point you could see that he was choking back tears, this this hardened soldier. We'll also post the uh, Hebrew text of the speech and my translation. It's not a word-for-word translation, but it, it should give you an idea of what he was saying. We'll post all that on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash the Israel Show. So uh, we'll share this with you now. Um, he started off recognizing everybody, of course, and, and, and he started by saying that he has been worried, mutrad, he's, he's been concerned for the past five months whether he would be, I mean, it was talked that he would be given this, this uh, great uh, distinction whether he'd be able to participate in the ceremony, with whether he'll be emotionally ready and wholeheartedly receive a medal of valor when he knows that the result of the situation was, unfortunately, that he was not able to stop the kidnapping and that, unfortunately, Hadar Golden was killed. And he says now he knows that he'll never be able to fully accept this honor. Wow. Talk about Sni'ut and Anava. Here is uh, Eitan Fund, clip number one. Now that I'm here, I realize I'll never be able to fully accept this honor. talks about how the ceremony is complex for him. He's flooded with 
the mixed emotions, the conflicting feelings, personal and national, of sadness and joy, pride and embarrassment, amazing, life and death, that the seemingly incongruous conflicting emotions, he says, are on the other hand what ground us as a nation. They express the strength and the source of our resolve as a people. And he points out that just like we've chosen to connect Yom HaZikaron, Israel Memorial Day for Fallen Soldiers, and Yom HaTzmaot, Israel Independence Day, the, these two seemingly conflicting days, yet they're connected to each other and express this this um, bifurcation, this complexity. And he says that as the Jewish people learned throughout the generations, only when we connect back to our history with all the difficulties of confronting our tortured past, only by connecting back are we able to reach true independence. מעמד זה הוא מעמד מורכב עבורי, המציף רגשות מעורבים וניגודים אישיים וכלליים, ביניהם עצב ושמחה, גאווה ומבוכה, וכמובן חיים ומוות. ממש כמו החיבור שאנו כחברה בחרנו לחבר את יום הזיכרון ליום העצמאות, חיבור המבטא את עוצמת העם ומקור כוחו. כמו שעם יהודי ראה במהלך ההיסטוריה, רק כאשר זוכרים באמת, למרות הקושי, the, the, the phrase pride and embarrassment is, is amazing to me this this young man then he continues to tell about his grandfather Saba David he's 70 years old and as you watch the video you see the camera panning over you see this elderly gentleman sitting in the audience our friend Rabbi Benji Kramer tells us that his Saba, Saba David, was uh, for many years a mainstay of uh, the community in Muncie, of Rabbi Wine's shul, and um, made Aliyah, as did Eitan's parents make Aliyah. And Eitan speaks about his 70-year-old grandfather, Saba David, who saw most of his family murdered in the Holocaust, in the death camps. And Eitan says that he could never have imagined, his grandfather could never have imagined that he would be sitting today watching his grandson receive a commendation that represents the eternal existence and strength of the state of Israel, a state that his grandfather could only have dreamt of as he was going through the horrors of the Holocaust. לפני כ-70 שנה, סבא שלי, סבא דוד הנמצא כאן, שכמעט כל משפחתו נרצחה במחנות ההשמדה, לא דמיין שיגיע למעמד כזה. שנכדו מקבל אות המבטא את קיומה, הנצחי ואת חוזקת המדינה שעליה רק יכל לחלום. He says that in a normal society, honors, medals, awards should be given not for battles and wars, but rather for the development and the building of the country and of our people. But unfortunately, 
he says, the reality in which we live makes us, forces us to fight. We are called on to fight, and if we will need to fight again and be called upon again, we will fight again and again. He says, with our heads held high, with great pride, knowing that we have been given this chut, I would say the honor to protect the state of Israel with our very own bodies, with our very being. And Eitan ended his speech thanking everybody and sending condolences to the families of the bereaved. As he says, they give us strength to keep fighting. And I left in not even all the applause, but a good part of the applause that he received at the end of that speech from the Minister of Defense, from the Chief of Staff, from all the generals, the heads of Israeli forces, and all the families in the audience who were so moved by his speech. They got up, of course, and gave him a standing ovation. We can only do the same. Eitan Fun, this is the end of his speech at the award ceremony where he got Israel's Medal of Valerie Tur Hagvura. בשם כל מקבלי האותות והצלשים, אני רוצה להוקיר תודה למשפחתנו ולנשותנו, ולמסור תנחומים למשפחות השקולות שמהן, אנו שאוהבים את הכוח להמשיך להילחם. תודה רבה לכולם. Thank you. 
first parak of Tehillim, of the Psalms. Uh, let's see, who was that singing it? Sorry about that. Hanan ben Eliyahu, uh, no, Chen ben Eliyahu, Chen ben Eliyahu, singing uh, the first, and that's the name of the song, We Toch Tehillim Perak Aleph. Brand new music. We debuted it, actually, on Jam and the Am, on the Tu Bishvat Show, which was this past Wednesday, if you missed it, and you'd like to hear the usual fun that we have on Tu Bishvat, where Nachum and I debate the uh, virtues or lack thereof of Buxer, you can go to the uh, archives at NachumSiegel.com. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. The Israel Show is sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh, an amazing organization that provides Olim with uh, various different guidance and support opportunities. They uh, have a needs-based financial aid um, commitment to Olim. They have employment resources. They give Olim assistance with governmental absorption. They help you through the uh, the bureaucracy of the Israeli government. They've cut a lot of that bureaucracy as well. And they make each individual's aliyah as successful as possible. Their charter flights are legendary, legendary. Go online and watch the arrival of a chartered El Al jet arriving in Israel full of Olim. If you haven't seen it, before. Get a box of tissues ready. Their website is www.nbn nefesh benefesh nbn.org.il www.nbn.org.il The Israel Show is proud to be sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh revolutionizing Aliyah. And we are the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network, now also heard on Arutz Sheva Radio. Um, our Meir Milim segment this week uh, looks back at 
the parsha that we read just uh, two days ago, Parsha Yitro, the lead up to uh, the Aseret Hatibot and the Aseret Dibot themselves. Meir Milim is inspired by the Galit Sahal radio segments of Dr. Avshalom Kor and informed by the teachings of Dr. Lior Gottlieb. In the lead up to the Aseret Hatibot, the Ten Commandments, Moshe Rabbeinu gets management advice from his father-in-law. Delegate, Yitro told Moshe. You can't possibly handle everything yourself. The load, the burden, is too heavy. In the next section, we read a description of Mount Sinai as God's presence begins to descend on it. There was thunder and lightning. Kaved al-Hahar, with a heavy, dense cloud on the mountain. There's that word again. Kaved, heavy. And here it comes one more time in the Aseret brought themselves. What could be so heavy in the Ten Commandments? It's our parents. Kaved et avicha ve'etimecha. You're probably saying to yourself, Mayor's gone mad. We all know that kaved et avicha ve'etimecha means Honor your father and mother. It doesn't mean make them heavy. Although, as an aside, my mother commented that sometimes honoring your parents can be a heavy burden. Although, that's not true in my case. Well, here's the news. Kaved is heavy. And kaved is honor. And they are both the same word. This shouldn't come as a surprise. We have the same exact situation in the English language. When we value someone's thoughts, when we respect his ideas, we say, I give a lot of weight to your opinion. Kaved, kavod. And the reverse is true as well. The opposite of heavy is light. When we make light of someone, we dishonor or disrespect them. And the same thing happens in Hebrew. The opposite of kaved, heavy, is kal, light. When Hagar is going to give birth to Abraham's child, suddenly Sarai Menu, who is barren, is disrespected by Hagar. As we hear Sarah complain to Abraham, Vatere ki harata, now that she, Hagar, sees that she is pregnant, Vaekal be'eneha, she, Hagar, views me, Sarah, with disrespect. Kal, to make light of. Well, if Kal is to dishonor, then the ultimate dishonor is a curse. Kilala. In the Ten Commandments, we're told to honor our parents, Kabed. But there's also a prohibition of disgracing or dishonoring them. The other side of the Kabed et Mecha coin is Umekalel aviv motyumat. Kabed, heavy. Kavod, honor. Kal, light. Kilala, dishonor. By the way, the most basic meaning of kal is not only light, as in lightweight, but swift, as we find in Pirkei Avot. Yehuda ben Tema Omer, heve az kanamer, be strong as a leopard, vekal kanesher, and swift as an eagle, as we say in English as well. Someone who is light of foot. One more point. The Aramaic word for heavy is yakar. And the word yakar in Hebrew means very valuable, precious. 
Later, Yakar takes on another meaning, honor, as we see in Migilat Esther, one of the later books in the Tanakh. As Haman is leading Mordechai on the horse, he screams before him, Kacha yeyasela ish, asher hamelech chafetz biyikaro, who the king wants to honor. Or, of course, at the end, when everything works out beautifully, la Yehudim haita ora v'simcha v'sason v'yikar. And why is it that heavy means honor and light means disrespect? My friend, Rabbi Benji Kramer, suggests brilliantly, I might add, that in the olden days, wealth was measured by how much you had, gold, silver, or other commodities. The heavier the piece of gold, the more worth it has. And hence, the weightier things get more respect. And one last amazing observation on the topic. The word kaved has a third meaning in Hebrew, which is used very often in Sefer Vayikra. The Kohanim did all kinds of stuff with the mushy internal organs of the animals brought as sacrifices to the Mishkan. Here the word kaved means the liver. It means the same in modern Hebrew as well. Chopped liver is kaved katsuts. Would it come as a surprise that anatomically, in the human body, the heaviest internal organ is the liver, the kaved. That's this week's installment of the Meir Milim segment. My name is Mayor Weingarten, and you are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Yoram Gaon, Kol HaKavod, from the movie Kazablan that goes back a long way. My name is May Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Feel free to tell your friends about the show if you think they're going to enjoy it and like it. Please do so. Uh, they could download it. It's available on demand on NachumSiegel.com. On iTunes, you can subscribe and get it downloaded as a podcast. So many different ways uh, to do that. I've often shared with you um, what I think about the media's distortions of the uh, situation in Israel. I think in general, the media is um, leaning towards the left, if not I'll say that that's a little bit of an understatement. Uh, but I also think that the media in general, sadly, can be unreliable. This uh, last few days we've seen the uh, situation with uh, NBC anchor, the anchor of the most watched news program in America, Brian Williams, who basically made up a story. I mean, do you remember when you and I were in Israel and we were attacked by uh, some uh, terrorists and we fought back and we took out our, our guns and we shot? I mean, I mean, I don't think I would ever tell you that story. Brian Williams told a story about how he was in a helicopter and he was shot down. And, and it's one of those things, you know, the Gemara talks about two types of lies. There's a lie that can never be found out. Just between you and God, so to speak, and then there's sheker the atidli igluye. There's a lie that that can be easily found out because there are people that were there, and um, finally those people who were there got upset and commented and uh, brought to the fore the fact that Brian Williams was not in a helicopter that was shot down, and now. There's an investigation to see what else, if other stories that he told were not factual. But that's one area of uh, journalistic impropriety. The other area is when a journalist is just uh, disingenuous. He, he twists the facts or leaves out some pieces of a story in order to make a point. And on February 4th, last week, Thomas Friedman wrote an op-ed piece in uh, in the, the New York Times, of course, called A Bad Mistake. Now, the topic is whether Prime Minister Netanyahu should come to the United States in March to address a joint session of Congress. He was invited, I think you probably all know the story by now, that the, the uh, Speaker of the House, Boehner, uh, invited Prime Minister Netanyahu to speak before a joint session of Congress. He's done so twice before. It is always very well received. He does a great job. And the topic would be the um, sanctions on Iran. President Obama, in his State of the Union address, said that he will oppose any legislation that renews the sanctions on Iran because we're in the midst of negotiating with them. We're all very concerned, and we should all be very concerned, if we're not, about these negotiations. Most people have a feeling that if there is a deal that's going to be struck, it's going to be a bad deal for Israel and a bad deal for the world. That this totalitarian dictatorship, based on radical Islam, is going to have a nuclear bomb, and America will allow it to happen. And so the Congress wanted to pass 
a law that said that if the negotiations fall apart in June, there will not be any more extensions because Iran are very good at getting more and more extensions. And all the while they're continuing their race towards the bomb. So Congress wanted to pass a law that says June is the deadline, no more extensions. And uh, if the, there's no agreement, then um, then the sanctions come back. And, and President Obama said, no, I won't allow it. I will veto that. And the uh, Speaker of the House decided that he wants to invite Prime Minister Netanyahu. The person who's really, he's the one person, I think, in the entire world who has made this his cause and has brought the issue to the world stage. Uh, President Obama was very offended because, at least originally it was reported, that he wasn't told about it. It was a surprise. Now we know that that's not true. He was told about it. In fact, the New York Times put a little correction in a few days later after the original story saying it's not true that the White House wasn't informed. The White House was informed. The White House wasn't thrilled, but they were informed. So now there's a, a war, so to speak, between the Obama administration, President Obama, and Prime Minister Netanyahu. Also, the fact that Israeli elections would be two weeks right after that speech has an effect on this whole um, situation. And I, honestly, I personally am not sure where I stand on this. Uh, I don't fall into one of the boxes. It may, may be smarter for him not to come. If if ultimately it hurts the goal, if ultimately it, it creates a situation where Democrats are not going to come, where the story isn't going to be the speech itself, but the story will be the fact that the vice president didn't come and the other senators and congressmen didn't come, if that's going to be the story and takes away from the main focus which has to be the negotiations and not getting a bad deal, then maybe it's better that Prime Minister Netanyahu doesn't come and he finds a different way to address uh, the United States and the world stage. You don't have to address them um, from the the rostrum of from the podium of the Congress. I don't know. I'm, I'm not really sure. But in his article, Thomas Friedman writes that it would be a bad mistake, of course, for Netanyahu to come. The problem I have, and, and if it would just be an opinion piece, I um, wouldn't have a problem with it. But in this opinion piece, he, he really tries to pull the wool over our eyes. In the second paragraph, he writes, if Netanyahu wants some intelligent advice, he should listen to the counsel of his previous ambassador in Washington, the widely respected Michael Oren, who was quoted as saying that the whole gambit was creating the impression of a, quote, cynical political move, and it could hurt our attempts to act against Iran, end quote. He urged Netanyahu to cancel the speech. Thomas Friedman knows very well that Michael Oren is running in the elections in Israel. He just recently joined Moshe Kahlon's party, and he is in the top five um, list, slate of that party. And so, of course, Michael Oren is now, he, at least he has a reason. We can't say that his counsel is just coming from every, just his logical uh, understanding of the situation. Michael Oren has a political agenda now as well, and it's an anti-Netanyahu agenda. 
And Thomas Friedman doesn't even mention it in passing. Then he writes, Netanyahu's concern about Iran are not without merit. Not without merit, understatement. But his aggressiveness is also not without critics in Israel. If Congress wants to get Israel's perspective on how to deal with Iran, then it should also invite the top Israeli intelligence and military officers, current and retired, who have been arguing publicly against Netanyahu's threatened use of force against Iran. Why are we getting only one Israeli view? Why are we getting only one Israeli view? Because Israel's a democracy, and in democratically held elections, time after time, Prime Minister Netanyahu has been elected. That's why, number one. Number two, this is also disingenuous. He's conflating two issues. There are many generals in Israel who felt Israel should not not, uh, carry out a military strike against Iran. A military strike. And that's what he writes here, who have been arguing against Netanyahu's threatened use of force against Iran. But I don't think any of them would disagree about sanctions, and that's what this discussion is about. It's about whether we should make it clear to Iran, the United States should say openly and honestly, there are no more delays, there's no more procrastinating. Iran has been negotiating in the bizarre-like, bizarre-like world of the Middle East for for centuries. They're going to negotiate us under the table. And we have to put a stop to it. We have to say, no more extensions. This is it. And if not, the sanctions go back on. The sanctions were working. There's no reason to stop them or lessen them, or lighten them during a period of negotiating, giving Iran the ability to continue their work. Well, there's more to say about it, but I'm just going to leave it at that. This is the problem. This is really, really a big problem. The influence of the left-wing media is um, beyond comprehension. I uh, just finished reading a book called Stonewalled. If you want to get an idea about how the Obama administration is influencing the media, you got to read this book. It's written by Cheryl Atkinson. It's S-H-A-R-Y-L. I'll post a link to, uh, to it on our Facebook page as well, or you can email me if you don't have Facebook, and I'll send it to you. Send you the link. The name of the book is Stonewalled, My Fight for Truth Against the Forces of Obstruction, Intimidation, and Harassment in Obama's Washington. Cheryl Atkinson was, for I think close to 20 years, a senior CBS network investigative reporter. And the book is harrowing. It's frightening to see how the current administration in Washington is basically using, I think it's a combination of mafia tactics and Bolshevik tactics to create a situation in the media that the media just doesn't want to report anything that they don't like. They lie 
time after time and the media covers it up, this is a, a scary book, but one that everybody has to read because it tells us a lot about the country that we live in right now. She even brings in their quotes from major, major journalists who talk about how this administration is worse than any in recent memory, including the Nixon administration, how they are shutting down the media. And and this is not from one or two sources. Have you heard about that? Unless you watch Fox News, you didn't. And that's pretty scary. We'll go to Tomer Chatuka with Shar. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Chatuka with Shar, that's a, a favorite or one of the favorites of the Highland Park Israeli dance group led by Helena. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachman Siegel Network. Wow, I don't know that we're going to get to all the things we wanted to get to. A piece of news that just came in over the wires that the um, Palestinian Authority has announced that starting on Wednesday, they are going to um, block all products from the following five Israeli companies from entering the Palestinian Authority, which would be an interesting um, situation. I wonder, these are Tnuva, Strauss, Elite, Yafora, Osem, and Prigat. And they've given the uh, merchants in the Palestinian Authority two weeks to get rid of whatever they have in their stock. This is going to be uh, interesting. I wonder how they're going to get along without these products. Haven't read through the article yet, but it's an uh, interesting confrontation. This is the old uh, hit them in the uh, hit them in the pocketbook um, phenomenon. Uh, we're going to end off with um, let's see, what do we have time for? <laughs> you know what? We should end off with the, the song of Eyal Yifrach. Eyal Yifrach, of course, is one of the three young men that was kidnapped and, and murdered this summer. His mother, together with Racheli um, Frankel, is here uh, in New York. They are um, doing um, some events for the One Israel Fund, I believe, and they have a message of unity in Achdut Israel. Uh, last week, uh, we played the song B'tach Libcha, which uh, was done by the friends of Naftali and Gilad, who had, who were students in the high school, Makor Chaim in the Gush, and Eyal Yifrach, the third uh, young man who joined them in the car, who didn't know them, um, wrote a song and released it not long before he was kidnapped and murdered. And um, we've played it several times. The words are from Shir Hashirim, talk about how he goes out into the Streets looking for his loved one, Bikashtiv Velomitsativ. I have looked and looked but not found him. We'll end off with that song, but first we will say thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks you thank you for all your Facebook likes and comments. We're 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 getting to the three hundred mark on the Facebook page. Uh, so we appreciate that. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Keep it tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network all day for the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, following JM in the AM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race.